Ginger Dead Man 3, Saturday Night Cleaver Thanks to some very blind and misguided animal activists, the Ginger Dead Man is freed from his pastry prison and, with the help from some helpfully placed bumbling scientists, manages to evade his pursuers and escape into the distant past of 1976. He quickly loses his time-traveling device and finds himself stuck in the middle of a cheesy roller disco on the eve of a popular roller rink's final night in business. What's a depraved cookie to do when faced with all these petty people and their horrible skating and sequin-encrusted problems? Why, go on a mass killing spree, of course. What else? Oh, Charles Band. After making a halfway decent horror comedy with the last installment, I got my hopes up again, forgetting your studio's horrendous track record. After putting out a rather crappy flagship film, and then correcting course with a more amusing follow-up, the third film in the Ginger Dead saga takes all that accumulated goodwill with it on an unexpected nosedive into crappy town. To the filmmaker's credit, I can kind of see what some of their intentions were, but the film ends up being so poorly put together that no matter what their end goal was, it was just never going to work. After the improved success of the second film, the filmmakers seemed to have decided that the only logical continuation for the sequel was for it to go full-on spoof. Which, I'll be honest, isn't such a bad idea, at least on paper. And in fact, the film's opening ends up being a rather stupid, though amusing, little parody of the Silence of the Lambs jail sequence, with a woman named Clarissa Darling walking down a jail corridor being harassed by other criminally insane sentient puff pastries. But beyond the spoofs, the film just doesn't seem to be able to figure out what it wants to be and jumps all over the friggin' place. How the ginger dead man ended up being in crazy cookie jail after being burned alive in the last film is never explained, nor are we ever told where the other murderous munchies came from. Does Fiddlemeyer's witchy mother transfer the souls of psychos into foodstuffs as a hobby? Is there a very specialized satanic pastry cult populated by the pissed off mothers of other executed criminals out there somewhere? Who knows, because after the first few minutes, we never hear from them again, and the movie moves on to its next series of spoofs, which range from everything from Porky's to Carrie's to the obvious roller boogie, and even adds in some quick Back to the Future, Bill and Ted's, and Doctor Who references too, because why the hell not? If you're wondering how all these tie in together, it's best you don't worry about it, because the film certainly didn't. The movie cares less about having a coherent plot than it does about indulging in the director and or writer's bizarre need to fulfill a childhood wish of making a film, and any film from the looks of it, in a roller skating rink. In that one aspect, they succeeded, but absolutely nothing really ties together, and in the off chance it does, the attempted connection is tenuous at best. The movie's just an excuse to string a handful of unfunny skits together and bookend them between scenes of a cookie killing a few people. And sadly, those scenes of murder and mayhem are not only terribly unfunny, but also few and far between. Sadly, the movie even seems to have taken a plunge in the effects department. The costumes often look like they belong in the 1980s rather than the 70s, and the poor ginger dead man himself has gone through yet another pointless redesign, this time miraculously managing to look even more ridiculous than his previous counterparts. His eyes are more clear, and his face has more expression. But his teeth have increased dramatically in size, oddly enough, making him look even more like he's supposed to be a caricature of Gary Busey, despite Busey's involvement in the film's ending two movies ago. The end result is that they sucked all the menace out of him and made him look derpy as hell. 
The film also seems to have managed to score a budget to include CGI. And because this is full moon, by that I mean they have included some spectacularly crappy CGI. Half of the ginger dead man's movements have been replaced with very wonky computer graphics, and the film was so cheap that filming on location in an actual roller rink must have meant that they had to scrimp somewhere else. So I guess that means it cut into their bucket of colored corn syrup budget, because even scenes involving blood splatter got the cheap CGI treatment. There wasn't even a lot of it, either. They only used it in, like, two scenes, and it looks so bad that I can't help but feel as though it would have been more cost-effective to just hire a guy to splurt some blood at the characters from off-camera. Other than that, Ginger Dead Man 3 is about what I expect from a Charles Band slash Full Moon production. The acting is terrible, the dialogue is worse, and the plot makes zero sense, which, honestly, isn't too far off from what one should expect from this production company. But after watching Ginger Dead Man 2, I have to admit that it was still a little disappointing. Neither of them could be considered great films, but even so, when compared to its predecessor, the third film looks worse, sounds worse, and, sadly, like the first film, mostly winds up being rather boring and unfunny. Sure, you might get a giggle out of a skit or two, mostly due to how ridiculous it can be, but I guarantee that that alone won't be worth a lot of viewers' time. If you're a fan of roller skating, cheap horror films, full moon entertainment, or just interested in the Ginger Dead series, then it might be worth one viewing, just for the silly idea and cheap puns. But I can't imagine too many other people getting any enjoyment out of it. Ginger Dead Man 3 is available on a variety of streaming services. It is also available on DVD.